0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55. This Good is morning Mornings with, with Ben Davis. Davis.
1: No one knows what it's like to be the
0: And a decent release from Cogan Ford as well. Sends Steph Catney away down the left. Just check the
2: run. The cross is not a bad one. And it pops here for Hayley Razzle! And Australia have the dream
0: start,
2: Steph Catley No problems The cherry on top for the Matildas
3: dreams,
0: Can he keep going, it going? He? Carey, top behind! Yeah. Broad's finished it in magnificent style Australia a 2-0 advantage in this series, well they'll wait, their wait to win in England will last another four years at least. England square the series, two-all, and it feels fitting. The series has been nip and tuck all the way, but when it mattered most today, England's bowlers showed up.
2: And thank you for showing up. The biggest Monday of sport we have seen in this country in a generation. The biggest Monday we've seen since Cathy Freeman on Monday, September 25, 2000. The magnificent Matilda's and Ashes angst. G'day! Thanks for lacing up the boots and shining the new old ball with me this morning. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. My question for you today—the one sports broadcasters aren't supposed to ask—how are you feeling? I know it feels like lunchtime already. But after consuming all the theatre of sport has to offer, the magnificent Matildas, backs against the wall, missing their best player, must win, underdogs, and they buried four in the back of the net. That high, going up and up and up, that sense of pride, the, the talk of sleeping giants awakening, any parent or grandparent who has a daughter or granddaughter, the vision of... Of little girls in the crowd last night in Melbourne. H- having, having a group of athletes to look up to, to, to dare to dream. That feeling. And then the Ashes angst. We dared to dream, didn't we? An unlikely run chase. And then after a rain delay, lost four for 11 in 13 balls. Stepping up, Chris Wokes, Mo and Ali. England winning by 49 runs. And after going 2-0 up in a series, Australia... It was drawn to all. Has that left a bad taste in the mouth? Does it cancel out the Matildas feeling? That's why I want to take your pulse. How have you woken up today besides tired? How are you feeling about the smorgasbord of sport that we had to devour last night? Maybe with the cricket. Was it actually a fitting result? Because it was one of the best, if not the best, test series ever. Big call. Best series ever, best... Te- well, yeah, after five weeks, it came down to the final session on the final day. Oh, I know the urn was already ours, already retained, but we spoke about that last week, about retaining and then winning. It shouldn't have come down to that, but it did. So many moments yesterday. The Stokes catch or non-catch, the drop catch, rain delays, Smith run out, not run out, with Johnny Bairstow clipping the stumps. Board, uh, broad retiring mid-test. And then Stuart Broad flipping the bales in both innings as well. And then this. I went
0: straight up to Kumar. So how old is this ball he's given him? Because it feels like it's about eight overs old. <laughs> you can see the riding on both sides. And when it hit my bat, and I've opened the innings, every single innings this
2: Ashes series, and I haven't felt a ball hit my bat as hard as that ball felt when it hit my bat. When
3: you look at how it's behaved, it's one thing,
2: but also the conditions have helped, but it's been very hard to bat on here this morning.
4: The biggest concern I have is just the big discrepancy in the condition of the ball that was chosen to replace the them. There's no way in the world you can even look at those two balls there and say in any way are they comparable. What I saw last night with that ball there that's on the left of screen I'll put my hand up and say that I've got absolutely no doubt at all that ball would not have done anywhere near as much as what that one did this morning. I think it's a huge blunder that, as I said, needs to be investigated.
5: There's got to be an investigation into this. Gotta be, someone's got
2: to be accountable for this. and <laughs> uh, Sam with his best little montage there. It was Mission Impossible, wasn't it? After that ball change. So this didn't happen yesterday. It happened late on day four and it was a completely different bowling attack in series after uh, match after that wasn't it look this is not sour grapes forget sandpaper gate this isn't ball tampering this is ball swapping ball changing what do we call it let's come up with a name for it today sandpaper gate move over we've got what new rock gate ball tampering ball swapping gate over to you 13 1355 736 The ball being replaced, it happens in tests all the time. If a ball gets hit out of the ground, it gets out of shape. You saw the difference. And if you haven't, it is all over social media. It's all over media. Head to sen.com.au. Have a look. Have a look at our socials. You'll see the ball that was being used and the ball that they replaced it with after it hit Usman Komarja in the head and the helmet and changed the shape of the ball. A ball... That looked like it was still, what, eight overs old? That was the new one they used, the replacement ball. It still was shiny. It still had the writing on both sides, as Usman Kawaja said, and he could feel the difference straight away. This isn't sour grapes. This is match turning. 1313550467736736 13, a uh, Bick the quick andy bickle will have a chat to him on the program today just to see the impact this would have on a bowling attack and also batting uh, as well but again how has this left you feeling what's the biggest takeaway for you and as i was just talking to patty before how did you watch it all how did you consume it or listen were you listening on the app and watching one or the other. I'm keen to know what your setup at home was. I got home from doing the news at Channel 7 last night, and the cricket was on. And I sort of looked at the girls, yep, Beck and Mackenzie, my wife and daughter, 16-year-old, on the couch watching the cricket. And I went, oh, my daughters are on. And they looked at me, and they said, yeah, but the Ashes is on. So we had the cricket on the big screen, the TV... And I was watching the Matildas on the mobile phone. Wasn't the best, but it's what it was. What's the setup at your place? How do you do it when there's two games on at the one time or maybe three games? And we've been living through extraordinary times, haven't we? Ashes, British Open, footy that's going on, the head-to-head battles. How do you do it at your place? Do you set up two TVs? Do, do you reposition one at home and sit them side-by-side side in the living room? Is it laptops? Is it channel surfing? Paddy was channel surfing, so were a few of the guys in the office here today, and they kept missing. Let's see a wicket, and oh, they just missed a wicket, and they, but then a goal would happen in the Matildas, and they see you can't surf because you miss stuff, right? 13, 55 thirteen fifty-five. Let's share our experiences on what is the best setup when there's conflicting sport on. Oh, look, I will take you to the Oval very shortly. A man who is actually still there. How are the Aussies celebrating? Are are they celebrating? Remember, they they didn't lose this series. It was drawn. They retained the Ashes. You can continue our conversation from last week. Should you be retaining the Ashes or should you have to win it to hold the urn? Um, We'll get to the aftermath of the Matildas' historic win. One for the ages, wasn't it? One of the biggest games of soccer we've seen on our shores. Does it... Does it beat the Socceroos World Cup qualifier? I know there was plenty of conjecture last night. Oh, this is the biggest game of football we've seen in Australia. Well, it doesn't. I'm sorry. I don't think it does. I know it's a World Cup and a World Cup on home soil. And there is pressure associated with that. But for for, for me, the, the Matildas are ranked 10th in the world. There was an expectation that actually make it through the group stages. The Socceroos in 05 with John Aloisi, no one gave them a chance. We hadn't been in a World Cup in my lifetime. So what John Aloisi did in 2005, the pressure, the moment, the occasion, that was the biggest game of soccer that we've seen in this country, right? Maybe if the Matildas make the World Cup final, that could eclipse it. You? 13 13 736 7, 7, Um we'll talk Broncos Cowboys derby today. That's right. To sell out in Townsville this weekend. Saturday afternoon. Uh we'll get into Melbourne's Trophy Storm as well. We we'll across this on the weekend. Um go through the Q Clash autopsy as well. And we've got a double. To the only footy in the southeast this weekend. It's all part of our last man standing quiz. Uh, but first, let's head to the open line. Tommy, very good morning to you. Where do we find you this fine Tuesday morning? The 1st of August, too. Pinch and a punch for the first day of the month.
6: Oh, thank you very much. So, <laughs> uh,
2: right I you. I just,
6: yep. just, want, just want to discuss how we set up and it. Like, last night was was for a sports person or a follower. It awesome, you know, when you think about it, the thing, You know, But um thing I... Like, I I do is I live by myself, so I'm lucky, so I don't have to fight the remote or anything. Like, but like everything, I got the I had the uh, computer set up on the, the Matildas, had the big screen on the um, on the telly. Yeah. Obviously, the obligatory snacks and uh, beverages for replenishing your fluids. I'll hate to their standards, as you know. <laughs> and um, the two things that struck me the most about, as you were just alluding to before, with cricket ball. Like, really, like that's the best you can do. But <laughs> the thing. The thing the thing that got me the most and it's probably probably lost a lot of people, it's very disconcerting concerning for the Australian team is the fact is that we didn't go on with it. And we had that, that the classic Australian seven for seven in class, which was disappointing in itself. Mm. But it's nothing we can do about it. It's all dumb and dust and everything like but we can we can hold our heads high in the fact that we played in the true spirit of the game and forget about what the Poms did because as you know because they'll probably get night out of this. But <laughs> But it, it, it's just disappointing because we're, we should be so much better and to be perfectly honest, it just seems to me that if we're not getting the starts and all that sort of stuff, well, maybe, maybe we should maybe get the golf simulator out of the dressing room and maybe just hit the nets. You know and maybe someone should just speak like you do and, and that's why I love your, your program so much is, is the fact that you're, you're real. You don't fluff it up or don't sort of power to the, the powers of you, speak your mind, and that's a rarity in the society. But look, at the end of the day, the, the most pleasing thing, I suppose, I proved last night was the fact that men can be multitasked.
2: <laughs> so, that, topic, that, that, think, that, <laughs> that oh, Hey, thank you. Thank you for that. And I want to record that and I want to send it home to my wife and just say men can multitask. Although, I don't know how i Love your show. Love oh, you show
6: you'll hear lot long time listener, first time caller, so
2: this is what you've inspired me to do. So, um, Tom, I'll thank you. Oh, I'm Very humbled by your kind words, and thank you. We, we do try and keep it real here. So, so thank you. Um, Tom, I'm, I'm going to find a signet power bank for you. I don't know if we have one. I'm going to find one. I'm going to send it out to you um, uh, for uh, kicking off the show in great style. Um, you think I would have paid him beforehand coming on saying kind words like that. Um, but Tom makes a really good point. So he's disappointed with the Australian cricket team. Is that how you're feeling today? We did retain the Ashes. It was a hell of a campaign. Six weeks, six tests, including the World Test Championship. So let's break it down. We hold the Ashes, which is the biggest sporting contest, the biggest sporting rivalry this country has. Now the blood fallen off a cliff. It's daylight second, right? The Ashes in England, to me, is the biggest sporting rivalry we have on the international stage. Happy to have that debate with you. But we also won the World Test Championship, the ultimate test, they were calling it. And this was the ultimate test, six tests in six weeks. We we didn't lose, but we didn't win. And here's a question I'll be putting to Barrett Senderayson straight after we take a quick break. And I want to put it to you too. This Australian cricket team, What will their legacy be? Where where do they sit for you? How will they be remembered? Because next summer, we're going to see a lot of disbandment. We're not going to have David Warner after the Pakistan test at the SCG, the New Year's test. So this team is not going to be together for much longer. 30 plus, getting to the end of their careers, David Warner, we know, is going to hang them up. Who else goes? So this team, what legacy will they leave and how will they be remembered for you? Thomas just said disappointing finish. I, I I feel there's something missing. Is it disappointment, the piece in the puzzle? Should they have gone on with it? Or was it a befitting finish to one of the best, if not the best, test series we've seen? So much to talk about this morning. Thirteen thirteen fifty-five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. 0467 736 I will take you to the Oval straight after this quick break. SENQ on a Tuesday morning, the 1st of August. Horse's birthday. Interest rate rises on No, 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 we won't go there. Thirteen thirteen fifty-five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. 467 736 SENQ 693 AM off and running for a Tuesday morning.
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Don't listen to these people, Ricky. You're a winner. You've got the gift. Always remember if you ain't first, you're last.
2: Ricky Bobby, tell her day, good night. If you ain't first, you're last. So, where does that leave the Australian cricket team? thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. 55, 736, 736. Chef George, thank you for your text. He said, Benny, Matilda's on the big screen with sound. Ashes on the phone. At a 4 0 scoreline, the Ashes took over on the big screen. How did you watch last night? And if not last night, when there's conflicting sport on, what's your setup? What's your go to? Help us out. Have you got the perfect formula? 131355 467 7, um, let's head to the oval where it is getting quite late indeed. Barat Senderayson. He's the treasurer of the Michael Nisa fan club, but he's also been calling all the action for SEN over the last six weeks. We always love having chats to him. Um Bharat, very good morning. Firstly, what 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 is the, the mood there at the oval? Um, it's a beautiful full
3: moon night. I must start with that. It's, uh, it's straight from one of those uh, horror movies that you don't want to be watching <laughs> at this hour of the night. But uh, um, I mean, from where I'm stood across the ground from the dressing rooms, I can see that the Australian team is just about packing up, uh, ready to leave. they have just um, hung back, uh, as teams do at the end of a long series. Uh, to just uh, you know, kind of reminisce about what's uh, been and uh, come uh, and gone. Uh, a-, a very different to what I witnessed here four years ago, when the series scoreline was the same to all. Uh, but uh, I remember the Australian team from back then hung around for a long, much longer. Uh, there was a, a thing of, I mean, there was a sense of celebration uh, back then for sure. Uh, I remember them late into the night. Um, the... Breaking into their own version of Sweet Caroline, but uh, much—I <laughs> uh, wouldn't say—I so- wouldn't say somber, but uh, definitely a quieter uh, end to their uh, tour here at the Oval this time around.
2: Um, Barry, this is what I'm, I'm asking this morning, and I'm coming straight off the top with you to to take the pulse on this. We have just witnessed one of the greatest Test series ever played. It it, it could very well could be, and yet there's a feeling of. Well, I don't know. What is the feeling yeah. right now? We should, we've should. we got the urn, Tick. We've just been part yes. of an amazing series, Tick. And yet, I don't know, is there a sense of, oh, what could have been? Or or, or should we be actually embracing this team and what they've done? Uh, no,
3: no. I mean, it's a bit of all of that, uh, really. I mean, I understand what you mean. There is a sense of um something being incomplete. And I guess it may... It, like you know, the, the English team will tell you it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, you know, it rained in Manchester, and uh, I think it's just a prevailing uh, sentiment uh, to even you know, all of us uh, who've uh, been on this ride uh, from, from this side of the fence uh, where it felt like if say it had we had come to the Oval 2 all uh, and just imagine what the uh, scenes would have been like uh, mm-hmm. as dramatic as they were anyway. Uh, but just leading into the final session today, uh, it would have just been another level. Uh, but I think that's probably where the that, that feeling of not being completely, uh, uh, you know, satisfied comes from. Uh, and, and I think that vibe was felt around and around. I mean, obviously, for England to come back from two zero, and I keep going back to that moment um, lunch uh, during the lunch break on day two of the third test where they were. 7 for 142, still trailing Australia by around 140 runs. And the way they've fought back from there yeah. uh, to well more or less dominate large portions of the remainder of the series kind of tells you why the two-wall scoreline is, is fair, even though, like I said, England will say, if only for uh, the Manchester rain not to foil their plans uh, last week, uh, they could well have been 3-2 here and it uh, turn would have been theirs.
2: It's a ticket that I just want to keep buying over and over again. Maybe call me a sadist. But it, it, the emotional roller coaster. I, I know we can throw out all the cliches, but it's been so up and down. Even in this test, to to see Kawaja and Warner get to none for 135 after uh, uh, yesterday, you just go, hang on, that's not part of the script, but that's the thing. There has been no script with this. Huh. Just Just on that, there's been a lot this morning made of the ball. The change of balls. And and, and look, I don't want to be sour grapes. I don't want to be blaming, I don't know, umpires. I don't want to. But the more I see it, the more I think about it. What the hell? (laughs)
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, that was a dramatically drastic moment uh, in this test match. Uh, It's not the first time, you know, the umpires have pulled out a ball uh, from from the box. And uh, it has... Done a lot more than the ball that had been, um, you know, replaced was doing. But it was just the uh, significant amount of uh, uh, movement and like how different it was to the ball that had uh, uh, been changed uh, is, is what really stood out. And it had, it had a telling uh, effect on uh, how the openers played this morning as compared to yesterday. They looked so comfortable before that ball was changed. Uh, but I mean, it's just a question of the rub of the green going your way, right? Well, uh, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's happened before. Usman Khawaja spoke to us on SCN, and he said so as well. I mean, he's been part of matches, he said, where it's gone the other way. And, um, you know, eventually uh, three of the uh, crucial weekends did go to Moin Ali, right? He ran through the middle order, which yeah. had nothing to do with the ball. So uh, I think it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, did, it did change uh, to an extent uh, which way the game was going. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it, when they came back after the tea break or the part the rain break, Australia were in, uh, still in such a strong position thanks to Steve Smith and Travis Head. Uh, the collapse that followed thereafter, I think, was the one that would hurt them the most. But mm. hey, again, that's uh, I, I think we spoke about this a couple of days ago. It's a, there's a reason why these massive run chases don't get don't uh, you know end up successful, and there have been what only eight or nine which have come uh, close to what Australia. Uh, would have achieved if they had got
2: there. Four for eleven off thirteen balls. They lost, but Barrett. I remember being at Lords in two thousand and five, and and saw Glenn McGrath take two for five. Sorry, five for two off sixteen yeah. balls, and he gets his four hundred. It changes the Test match. Australia win with inside three days. So uh, yeah, it, it swings and roundabouts. Barrett in a race now. Man on the ground at the Oval, still at this late hour for him, uh, soaking up the atmosphere, but also getting work done. Um, Barrett, I. I I guess now we turn to the autopsy, the post mortem. Oh God, it sounds like we've died. Um, but it, it's the the, the takeaway from this, and the two questions I, I, I want to ask you is one: How will this Australian team go down in in history? Because they're not going to be together for much longer, and this yeah. this would have been and could be their defining moment—a World Test Championship, an Ashes series in the space of six weeks. How will this Australian team be remembered?
3: Great question. I mean, uh, Pat Cummins had said uh, before this tour began that this could be a legacy-defining tour. And, and, and let's face it. I mean, they have like yeah, they would have loved to have won this series. They had many opportunities to like get into a position where they could have done that, but it hasn't happened. Uh, but it doesn't uh, take away from the fact that they are world champions. They uh, won that game comprehensively right here at the Oval at the start of this tour in early June which feels like a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did take a 2-0 lead uh, to you know, more or less retain the Ashes. So, uh, I mean, you, it's not it's not a failure, even though it can feel like that to some, uh, just because they haven't won the series, which no Australian team has now since 2001, uh, which in itself is a, is a telling, telling stat, isn't it? Uh, which will mean that uh, the gap between uh, the last time uh, one of these teams won uh, away from home uh, this this would become longer than uh, you know what it took for England to uh, win in Australia between 1986 and 2010, which nobody would have called uh, you know an Australian team to go uh, without winning a series in England for so long. but yeah, I mean this unlike in 2019, this is the closest they came to doing that. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean look uh, the fact that you can almost split this tour into two months, right? June was Australia right on top, Australia uh, you know winning that big final, and then Australia. Uh, taking the 2-0 lead. But, uh, you know, July 2nd is one. Then they won that North. Assist. For that, it, it's been... Uh, uh, yeah, it's been England more or less all the way.
2: Barrett, my second question, final question to you is – and maybe put this in perspective. I remember listening to the commentary on SEN and there was a stat pulled out by the stat man. He's the local guy there. and, and, And forgive me, I can't remember his name. But I'm dead set sure that he pulled out a stat that in the last 20 years in Test Cricket in England, the average opening partnership was 26 for all teams, all comers. Yeah. For the last 20 years, the average opening partnership in England, 26. So with that in mind, David Warner, has he earned the right to play next summer in Australia?
3: I think so, very much so. Uh, You know, you can look at him, his numbers and say, oh yeah, he didn't make the most of his starts. But uh, like you said, opening in England, uh, you have to put it into perspective. It's not so much about what you average, but... Uh, it is often about uh, you know how, how how many overs you eat up or, or against the new ball, mm. uh, and the partnerships you have. And Usman Kwaja and David Warner have had quite a few important partnerships uh, early on in the series. And uh, you know they may, couldn't have set up a better platform than they did yesterday uh, with their big partnership. Uh, you know the only century partnership for uh, for the first weekend across both teams uh, through the series. So uh, I mean I think David Warner has now earned the right to get his farewell at the SCG, uh, and, you know, hopefully for his sake, uh, he makes the most of the Pakistani attack like he did four years ago with the big triple hundred and uh, uh, even more runs. So uh, I think it would be a, a fitting farewell. He's uh, he's deserved that. And, and look, I mean, he played well in the World Test Championship final. Very different yeah. to when he left these shows in 2019.
2: Barrett, it has been an absolute pleasure to uh, hear you and the rest of the SEN commentary crew over the last uh, six weeks. It's been a long tour. I know you're getting ready to get home. I, I-, I want you to leave us with this one, though. Stuart Broad flipping the bales over. Superstitions <laughs> superstitions in sport. What's your favourite? What's your biggest? Do you believe in them? Are they uh, myth or are they real?
3: well after what stuart broad has achieved in this test twice he flipped the bails and both times he took a wicket with the next ball yeah. and for him to do that at the end of his career like he did today uh, i mean you know, you said earlier about oh i mean uh, there is nothing has followed uh, uh, any script yeah. in this series except stuart broad's career uh, coming to an end just the way he scripted it right him getting those two wickets and it was a privilege to be uh, there uh, to hear to uh, witness him do that, uh, you know, in front of family and friends, and of course, um, uh, thousands and thousands of adoring English fans. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's that's the superstition that's winning. I mean, obviously, all sports people are um, ridiculously superstitious, and most of them are. Uh, so no, it's good good to see something work. Um, maybe <laughs> he might look back. Like, I mean, he ended up with six hundred and four wickets maybe look back and say, if I started flipping bills earlier, I might have ended up, <laughs> I might have broken Murli Daran's record of 800. Who knows? But no, uh, I mean, it, it was a lovely finish uh, in that sense to, uh, uh, I mean, to a champion of our sport and uh, he will be missed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll miss being here for what has been uh, a tremendous series and it's been a pleasure talking to you all these months.
2: Pleasure's been all uh, all ours, Barrett. Uh Thank you very much and enjoy. Soak it up.
3: <laughs> Cheers, man. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> Barrett Cinderason at the Oval. Um, superstitions in sport. How will this team be remembered? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six. And, and look, not just professional sport superstitions. What 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 have you done when you played or still play? Is it the left sock on first, right sock? Is it the special pair of un- oh, undies? So <laughs> we're going there, aren't we? 131355 uh, 0467 736. Vanessa tapping her toes, giving me the evil eye. Yes, 937. Time for a news hit. <laughs> Slam and Sam, he's quick on that one. Superstitions 13 13 55 Timmy's out of Boondel. He said, I've never had superstitions unless you count feeling the need to interrupt everyone else's pre game superstitions. Timmy, what a pest. <laughs> Anyone, Tim's teammate? 1313 550467736. 50, 50, um, we've got Adam Peacock standing by. He, he was part of the Channel 7 coverage last night. He's obviously a friend of SEN's as well. The Matildas, we are talking about, and the TV numbers have just dropped on that. I'll bring them to you very shortly. Before we do that, we'll go to a break with Lloydie's text. Ben, pommy hypocrites, spirit of the game, utter BS. Turning over the bales. Come on. The bigger question is the captaincy of Paddy Cummins. Simply not good enough. He's the number one bowler in the world, a top bloke. But his decision making was average at best, particularly under pressure. Questions over the coach as well. Lloydy, strong opinions. Do you agree? 13, 13 0467 736, 736 August the 1st is Tuesday morning. Uh, talking Matildas. Magnificent Matildas. Next.
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Once a jolly swagman camped by a boulevard
6: Under the shade of a de tree And he sang as he watched and waited till his billy-boiled
2: John Williamson should be on the first flight to Sydney for next Monday night's clash. The Matildas and whoever they meet, be it China or Denmark, how good would that be? Walsing Matilda, surely that's got to be a thing. Would FIFA allow it? All right, let's get stuck into last night, the magnificent Matildas. How were you watching? Did you split the screens? Did you have the laptop open on one, watching the cricket, watching the Matildas? Well, the numbers are in, as I said, uh, more than 200, almost a quarter of a million in Brisbane alone watching the Matildas last night on Channel 7. Around the country, more than a million viewers. One man who's been watched by all those eyeballs is on the line now, Adam Peacock, part of the Seven Networks commentary team. Hello, mate. Walsing Matilda, should John Wilson. Williamson be there next Monday night?
1: I don't know. Perhaps. Would uh, you book organise.
2: I don't know if the the
1: Matilda's crew, in terms of the the, the crowd, uh, 70% of whom are probably under the age of 20, will understand what Walsing Matilda is and who John Williamson is with all due respect to the great man, if you know what I mean. So you've got to hit your target market, Danny, but I think there's a place for him somewhere in the build-up. Somewhere.
2: All right. Well, hey, we can introduce a new... John Williamson, you get a whole new bunch of fans. Speaking of getting a whole new bunch of fans, last night the Matildas did us proud. It was one of the, the best pieces of sporting theatre, backs against the wall, against the Olympic champions, must-win, underdogs, Sam Kerr sidelined, and you were sidelined with her. How was the feeling in Melbourne, mate?
1: Oh, fantastic. Uh, it the, the joint went off, and it was off the back of a... A performance which we kind of knew the Matildas had somewhere in their locker. We just weren't sure if it was going to stay in the locker at this World Cup. Fortunately, it it has come out. It was was terrific. It was was full of energy. It was intentful with and without the ball. Um, They won the ball back quickly. They just never let Canada settle into any kind of rhythm. And that in turn then allowed the Matildas to really utilize their strengths, which is quick transition from back the front and I mean encapsulated in that first goal that we scored a lot of it, Matilda's great moments in the past two three years or going back to you know when they really this generation of play really burst on into the mainstream consciousness about 2016 2017 is the quick transition game and getting the, the dangerous players on the ball with a bit of freedom, and and Caitlin Ford last night was outstanding, and Haley Rasso gets two goals. So, perfect night, perfect night in so many ways.
2: Perfect night indeed. Mary Fowler back to the girl from Cairns. In fact, there's so many Queenslanders in this team. Hayley Rasso being yeah. one of them. And, and but Mary Fowler ha- having a having a designated hitter, having a designated striker, uh, at more than one. It it changed their focus of attack, didn't it?
1: It did, yeah. So Mary's a different player to Sam. So if Sam comes back in, I, I think Sam stuck on the bench even in seven days' time. She's got that extra recovery, which we'll get to no doubt at the moment. But um, Mary is a different player. She can she can float a bit better. She's technically probably better than Sam on the ball, like with her touch and everything, as as good as Sam is. Um, but Mary gets into a great position. You have a look at her run for the goal that she scored. Mm. She accelerated, and then she twisted into another area, and then she accelerated again. And in the end, the, the defender that was with her, Sophie Schmidt, she just gave up and, and went to sleep, and, and Mary was in the right spot and, and got the, the stroke of luck off the post. But, yeah, she was great. And that, in turn, using Mary centrally, then allowed Caitlin Ford to get into her preferred position, which is in a wider area, more space, being able to run at the defenders one-on-one. And you look how damaging she was last night. It was, yeah, it was the perfect plan finally that we found. Um, and, yeah, it's going to work against the bigger teams going forward, you'd say.
2: What's the talk now, Adam? What was the talk post-match about Sam Kerr? I mean, you just said what starter her on the bench, the world's best striker, start her on the bench in a knockout game?
1: Purely purely by the fact that you, oh, you could start her, um, but with her calf, you, you just want to mitigate the risk as much as possible. And and the plan, the, the way the Matilda started the game last night and the plan that they had, it, it worked. So you, you've got that X factor off the bench. And conversely, not starting her all along, the opposition never feels comfortable, even if... They feel comfortable, if you know what I mean, because there's Sam to come off the bench. I just think, um, and, and with her physical status, I, I just think it's the prudent decision to start her on the bench. Look, it's going to be the talk for the next seven days. Mm. Um, but the good thing is we're, we're, we're now talking about it in positive terms rather than a negative. Why is, why is she playing? Why is she training? This, that, and the other. What's really going on? I, th- I think that the tone over the next seven days is going to be a lot easier for the coach, for one, to
2: handle. Adam, you've been in this game for uh, decades. Calf injuries, and we, we don't know the extent of the calf injury, a strain, a tear, a grade, anything like that. Are you convinced Sam Kerr will actually take part in this World Cup? Can you, can you let, yeah, let's I, put it in perspective. Yeah. I mean, we've just seen Latrell Mitchell, with a manage through a calf injury, miss two months of football.
1: Yeah.
2: You're convinced you I reckon, play?
1: yeah, I, I think it's a strain. Everything, and all the experts I've talked to, and I've talked to a great expert in, in Dr. Craig Duncan, who worked with the Socceroos uh, for four years. He, he outlined the comeback plan for the varying degrees of a calf strain, and it appears as much as the information. Out the brain, it's hard to get information out of the joint because you only get fifteen minutes of, of training, But it appears she's been on this program that best suits what she's got, which I think she's got is a calf strain, not a tear. So the tear. Yeah, I, I think you put a line in her. She's Nathan Lyon coming out about a lords I thing. She's
7: yeah. barely able to move
1: all in. With with the strain, you, you can rehab that. And, and Craig Duncan told me that it's between 10 and 14 days the recovery can be if you jump through every stage perfectly, which it, it looks like Sam has. Um, you can be ready in 14 days. Now, by the time that this, um, this game takes place next Monday, I think it's 19 days um, since the injury. So that tells me that she, she's ready to play some part. It, 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 and look, we're all guessing, but yeah. it's, it's fair enough to have a guess because of what she means to Australian sport.
2: Got about 60 seconds left, Adam. Who we play gets decided uh, uh, today, in the next 24 hours. It's Denmark or China, isn't
1: it? Uh, Denmark or China, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be England, but unless something completely calamitous happens to them. Look, Denmark are playing uh, Haiti, so I dare guess uh, look, the Haitians have been okay but I think Denmark get past them. And it, it, it looks the most likely option is Denmark in the round of 16, which holds no fear. One of our best performances in the last 12 months came against Denmark away. So, yeah, they're, they're a good side. Like they're, they're hard to break down. They've got a lot of energy. They've got a few class players sprinkled in. But, I mean, off the back of last night against the top nation, the way we played in transition particularly, I think the fear, um, if it was there in the first place, is, is very much left the building for the Matildas.
2: Outstanding stuff, Mike. What a great way to end. Adam Peacock, enjoy the commentary, mate, and enjoy the ride that is the Women's World Cup. Uh, Part of the Seven Network and the commentary team there doing a fantastic job. So are the Matildas, although we weren't saying the same after Nigeria, were we? Uh, 13, 55. Just on this, has the sleeping giant of Australian sport awoken with the Matildas now? Big statement, big call, but what's it like at your place? My thoughts on that very shortly. I'd love to get yours. Seven away from ten.
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 1313 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, it's interesting. You're allowed to grab the groin region really now and squeeze it
7: and do whatever you want to. it. So that's um, an interesting rule that's just clearly been cleared by the AFL. So, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting that got kind off. We had really good evidence to support the case and... Um, i tell you what, my groin region is quite bruised at the moment.
2: Yes, Dane Zorko yesterday with Patton Heels. Twist and shout. It's exactly what he was doing at Heritage Bank Stadium on a Saturday evening after claims that the Suns' captain Miller grabbed his undercarriage and there was a twist and there was a shout. Blokes, we need to talk about this. Our undercarriage. I feel like Shane Jacobson, really. A serious conversation. Um, If you've played contact sport, have you ever done this? Have you ever had the thought to go in and do the squirrel grip? And I'm trying to be serious here. I'm not trying to be funny. We can all laugh about it. But it would never, ever, ever cross my mind to touch another man there. There we go. Plain and simple. Put it out there. Have you been screw-gripped? Have you done it? Because I just cannot comprehend it. I, I was talking to Shane Webke and, and Trevor Gilmeister about it yesterday, more more so the axe, because you can't get away with much these days with the cameras around. So when Webby was playing, there's a lot of scrutiny. But he, he, Webby just looked at me, gave me the look, and said, conversation over. Right, okay, of course. Would not contemplate it. Gilly said, happened to him plenty of times, but would never think of doing it what possesses someone to do that in the fair income department i don't know take me through it help me out here 13 13 55 has it happened to you and why, why again touching another man's junk it just is not on right really it's the last thing i would think of doing and you know as as a parent we teach our sons and our daughters, you don't kick or punch or touch, you just don't do that. It's one of the first things you're taught growing up. You don't kick someone there, you don't punch someone there. So, why would you do it on a footy field? Is there any other sport, contact sport, that it would happen? No. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six. Let's have a serious conversation about this. The AFL have said, well, if Dane Zorko wants to push on with this, uh, they will. The match reviews, will they look at it? Well, it's all in. Um, I was about to say the ball is in, in their court. Well, it wasn't. It was in Took Miller's hands, apparently, according to Dane Zorko. But what happens on the field stays in the field. I, I, I get that, but also it's something that shouldn't be on. Where, where does it actually? Maybe this is the question. Where does it sit for you? In the scheme of foul play, and this is he said, he said, right? This is Dane Zorko's accusation against Tuk Miller. Now, we're not painting Tuk Miller out to be uh, someone who's guilty of this because it's yet to be proven. It's an accusation. Zorks reckons he's got all the proof there. I'll hand that over to you. But in the scheme of things where foul play is concerned, biting, gouging, squirrel grips. It's got to be in the same vein, doesn't it? No one likes it. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, I do need to give you some clues, not clues, answers to the quiz. That's right. At 11 o'clock, we've got tickets to give away to the only footy that's happening in the southeast this weekend. It is the Titans and Warriors at Seabus Stadium. Uh, what answer can I give here? Hmm. All right. 2021. Write that down. That is one of the answers to our Last Man Standing quiz, 2021. I'll give a few more out uh, before 11 o'clock today. In fact, some of the answers have already been mentioned in our interviews and the chats we've been talking Matildas and Ashes going forward. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, leading into the news, I said there's a developing story coming out of England with the Ashes. And Barat Senderayson, after our chat, ha- has, has now tweeted... Um, that there has been fallout as far as English and Australian relations when it comes to having a post-match beer. Barrett has said on Twitter, or X, whatever it's called now, it didn't look like the Australian and English teams had their customary post-match series drinks tonight at the Ival. I did notice the Aussies hanging around for quite a while, And Steve Smith even peering into the English rooms a couple of times before giving up. He then has gone on to clarify, I'm now hearing that the Aussie players did ask the English team about getting together half a dozen times, but didn't get a response that allegedly the home team stayed behind closed doors. More reports coming out of England on that saying that because of the retirements, um, I'm or Stuart Broad obviously, but perhaps Moan Ali when it comes to him coming out of retirement, going back. There were more post match presentations that their function dragged on longer than possible, and they were surprised that the Australians left. But it was already a late finish, uh, it was dark, the moon was up. Uh, Barat, when we were talking to him, said he was seeing the Aussie team out there. Uh, now it's emerged that there was no post match beer. So, English Australian relations strained again. 13 55 I also want to talk about, well, before we get to Brent Tate and the rugby league, um, previewing what is going to be an epic round. Uh, we've got a sellout in Townsville. We've got the Cowboys and Broncos going head to head. On Saturday afternoon. This is going to be an absolute belter. They always are, these derbies. The Cowboys were flying six straight and then they hit the Titans and sunk. There's a line there, isn't there? Something about icebergs and Titanics. Yeah, the Cowboys missed 48 tackles against the Titans. Uh, Has that disrupted them? Well, I'll tell you what, no Val Holmes, no no, Nanai. That would disrupt them. Two test players missing. What does this mean for the Cowboys? Well, does it mean anything? Form, does it count when these two teams come together? The one-pointers, the golden-pointers that we've seen, the closeness of the teams, the form goes out the window when it comes to the Broncos and Cowboys derby. It's a bit like the Mad Cow. That's got to be open 24-7 over this weekend. isn't They'll be hosing out the carpet right now at the Mad Cow, getting ready for that Saturday afternoon in Townsville, 3 o'clock. Brent Tate on that very shortly. But last weekend, we saw the Melbourne Storm celebrate their 25th anniversary as a club. They did that down at Marvel Stadium, Docklands, the Oval, on... Friday night when they played Parramatta. Before that match, they celebrated their anniversary on Old Boys Day by having old boys there and parading the the premiership trophies that they had won. All of them, including 07 and 09. We know that the NRL stripped them of those titles because of the salary cap scandal, but the trophies remain and I have no problem with that whatsoever. Not a single skerrick. Not an issue at all. You, you may have a differing opinion. Uh, 13 13 55 4 6, 7 7, 3, 6, 7 3, 6 The players that played in that premiership in those years, they played week in and week out. And they had to beat every single opposition that came at them, be it on the fields and injuries along the way, coaching decisions and tactics, weather decisions, They banded together and they played and they fought and they won a trophy. Just because what happened in the back rooms, administrators, uh, they fudged the books. They put together a team that shouldn't have been put together. That is the argument that there was some sort of cheating. Well, it was it physical cheating. No. Did they take a prohibited drug? Did they enhance their performance in some way? No, can't cop that. But the team they assembled was illegal under the rules. But they still won a trophy. They still put together a performance to try and win a title, and they did as players, and that trophy is for the players. I look at the teams that have tried to buy premierships over the years, legally. Roosters, anyone? Actually, look at the Broncos when they started. They didn't try and buy a premiership in 88, the Broncos, but they had an origin team, a Queensland origin team in 1988. They did not play finals until 1990. They had to bring in other players. So just because you assemble a team doesn't mean you're going to win a title, win a grand final, win a trophy. So for a team to do that, to overcome all obstacles, to be the best team week in and week out, and get a trophy, then they deserve to display that, don't they? For the players. I mean, it's almost in the same breath as Super League and when those players under the Super League banner were playing for Queensland, playing for Australia, but they say those tests and those interstate clashes don't count. When you tally up an origin count or a test match ta- count, there's always an asterisk. Why? If their series didn't count because what? It was only half a competition or half a series? Well then what about the other half? Should that count? Of course it does. And of course it should. So for the players involved having the trophy out there and keeping the trophy and parading it, that is an achievement that the club did. I have no issue with that. Do you? 1313550467736736 13, Uh guess who had an issue with it? Buzz Rothfield. Me as a footy fan, they got a right to put them there.
7: Oh, well, that's me as a
6: footy fan, up,
2: Gordon.
7: So, well, you know what they should have done. Well, Manly didn't win the game, You know what the NRL did should Manly have done? Did Manly win the game? Well, Manly should have been retrospectively no. well, awarded the... the t- no, Let me finish. And Parramatta, no. because they were the best legitimate sides that year. No, They well, were given the trophy? No. Can't well, it's better no, than no. these. Greg Inglis is holding a trophy and he got a speedboat on the side. <laughs> now, come on.
6: Did he call it Sterlow's brother? <laughs>
4: oh, boy. come on.
0: Cody, you can't defend this. No, no. Yes, They I can. didn't legitimately my, win
7: the title. In my opinion, I have no problem with it. Well, I do, and I'll tell you something else. I so respect Craig Bellamy, Frank Panisi, Justin Rodgkin, all the people who today are running a really great rugby league outfit. But what happened in those days was blatant cheating. It was a long time ago, but they should not be parading trophies around that were not theirs. They did not
2: win those trophies. Did not win those trophies. Well, yeah, they did, actually. Buzz, they won the trophies. They were the best team of that year and they played in a grand final. And just because you make a grand final, just because you're the best team all year doesn't mean you're going to win that grand final. Hello, Parramatta 2001. But... The Melbourne Storm did. They deserved that trophy and they deserved to display it, don't you think? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. 0467 736 736. Gilly made a good point yesterday on Seven News when he said that, well, hang on, come at it from the opposition. Come at it from if you're a Manly fan uh, playing in that grand final. Uh, do you think differently and maybe manly players think differently oh hang on we were beaten up by a team that shouldn't have been together that was illegal really don't you just have to play what's in front of you 1313550467736736 13, brent tate standing by get his thoughts on that get his thoughts on squirrel grips um where i saw one before come through on that Here, adam thank you no idea why someone would touch grab anywhere in that region to be honest essentially Dane was touched inappropriately in a workplace. It could be issues coming. Yeah, no, it's a, fair, a fair, fair call if proven guilty. It's only alleged at this stage. We must say that. We're not casting aspersions on Tuk Miller. Uh, that is an allegation by Zorks on that. But again, what would possess someone to twist and shout? Twist and shout. Twist and shout.
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis.
2: Cows with guns. They came with a needle to stick in his thigh. He kicked for the groin. Oh, wow. slamming Sam. He's pulling out some old school there. Cows with guns. I have not heard that song in the best part of 20 years. Is it 20 years old? I don't know. Uh, It leads us into cows with guns. Cowboys, I think. Is that the tenuous link? Yeah, we are going to head to North Queensland right now because the Broncos and Cowboys showdown Saturday afternoon sold out in Townsville. Three o'clock. It is one of the games of the year. A man standing by ready to... Oh, us through all the action is a former Bronco and cowboy uh Brent Tate good morning to you cows with guns uh, is, is that bigger yeah, than mad gun. is that bigger of the mad cow cows with guns <laughs> Oh,
5: look, look I've heard many of a song at the mad cow I don't think I've heard that one mate to be honest but um, mate what a what a memory to throw back to cowboys with guns Jeez, what a, <laughs> That's a real throwback that one.
2: Well let's throw back to last weekend and whatever guns they brought, they were firing blanks against the wow. Titans it was it was it was ordinary defense, 48 missed tackles. can we start there, Brent?
0: Yeah,
5: Benny, I I thought it was always going to be a dangerous game for the Cowboys because the Titans are a dangerous side. Um, uh, I I think they've got a really good side, the Titans. They are dangerous all over the park with some of the attacking weapons they've got. Um, And you know, just on the Titans, I think the appointment of Dez Hasler next year might be a masterstroke from the Titans because um, once they learn to play tough and and get in a grind, they're going to be a really good team, the Titans. but mate, it was always going to be a big challenge for Toddy to keep those boys up. Um, you know, obviously six wins in a row, um, flying along. Um, you know, it's a long time in the NRL to to sort of stay up on your toes and playing as well as what the Cowboys had been. And um, you know, I think you know, even Todd said it. A couple of his you know bigger guys were just down on energy, and I think that's the way they looked and the way they played. They just didn't have that spark that they've had the last few weeks. And Um, mate, that's going to be the challenge for Toddy now is just just how much, you know, that slow start of the season is going to sort of come back and bite them at the back end of the year where they've just got to keep winning and, you know, keep being up every week and and, and how much of a toll it's going to take.
2: Well, we'll talk Broncos in a moment, but I mean, this question is actually pliable to both teams and and you're a man who can answer this post-origin. We, we you, you come off a high, you, you come off uh, a massive six to 10 weeks of your life, and that high can continue into the games you play. But the two and three weeks after Origin finishes, as a player, do you start to feel drained? Does that adrenaline rush run out? And are you a little tired from it?
5: Yeah, you definitely do. Um, and, you know, get drained from playing origin you, you ride that way for a little bit and there is uh, you know especially heading into the finals you, there is a bit of a lull where you, uh, you sort of hit the wall and mate one thing origin does it's probably not so much a physical aspect it's just mentally how much taxing it is on the soul mate you know like mm. you're up for a lot of it um you know there's a lot of commitments around origin and there's so much pressure and expectation um, especially when you play for Queensland because you do feel the whole state riding it. So, um, you know, a lot goes into it um, and there, you know, there is that emotional toll once you do finish playing Origin. So there, there is a couple of weeks where you sort of hit the wall, but then, you know, the weather turns, it starts to warm up, um, you get close to the semifinals footy, then all of a sudden, you know, that excitement and buzz starts to return and you, and you, you get your second wind as such. But, um, you know, no doubt, mate, after that Origin period, there is a bit of a lull for sure.
2: Right. I know the Cowboys had so – was there about seven players that actually were involved in origin camps? I know they all didn't play like a, a Tom Dearden and, a, and Scott Drinkwater who were down for origin three in camps, but there were so many that were involved. Reuben Cotter, we know, was the uh, uh, Wally Lewis medalist. Um, uh, Nanai and Holmes, who are both missing now for this game and missing pretty much for the run into the finals. How much of an impact is that going to have on them, and especially against the the Broncos?
0: Yeah,
5: well, I think having Val out, because he usually marks Katoni who, um, you know, whoever comes in for the Cowboys, I'm not quite sure who they'll replace in that centre position has got a huge job to do. Because one thing Katoni is, um, Benny, he plays physical and he plays tough and, you know, you've got to really aim up against him. And if he's on his game, you know, it it, it, it takes a a really good player to stop him. So, you know, Val and him, I think, um, you know, usually sort of cancel each other out when they play because they're, you know, both physical, um, Balkan matching like that. So I'm not too not sure who they'll replace in that centre position. That's going to be... But it's going to be a huge job, um, you know, for them to mark a Tony. And uh, Jeremiah's been in great form for the Cowboys. We think, um, you know, seeing Origin, you know, was absolutely um, the catalyst to kickstart his season. And, mate, he was in wonderful form when he, when he come back for the Cowboys. But, um, you know, maybe... A couple of weeks off with that shoulder and he comes back with a run into the finals and they're still in contention. Might be a good thing for him to have a bit of a rest. But um, yeah, big big losses this time of year. You need your best players playing and especially for the Cowboys because you know, there's no guarantees yet, mate, that they're in the eight. It's, um, yeah. you know, it's still
2: must-win for them each week. Yeah, exactly right, Brent Tate, our guest uh, this Tuesday. Teams Tuesday, interesting to see who the Cowboys pick. I think it was, I think I'll go back to Zach Laybutt. Was he, Was he? did he fill in for, for Val when he was away uh, on, on origin and duties in the past? Now, what about Brisbane? They are flying. They've got the best part of a four-day head start too, because they played last Thursday uh, at the Gabba against the Roosters. And um, we, we know they're on a high after after beating them. Uh, and and celebrating the pylon, Paddy Carrigan's first ever try <laughs> at at NRL level.
5: Yeah, um, good to see. I, I think how excited they all are just goes to show how um, you know how good they're going as a group, and how happy and harmonious they they're all on the same page, and really enjoyed each other's company and, and their footy, which is really important and. Mate, they're in great form, Benny. Um, you know, I think we say it every week. They've, they've certainly got the formula to, to really make a, a statement in this competition. Um, I don't think the Bronx have been in a better position, you know, come semi-finals time for a long time. If they finish, you know, either that minor premiership or in second spot. Um, but mate, really, at the moment, it's you know them and the Panthers, and you know, there's a bit of a bit of a gap between the rest of the competition. But um, you know. They've got to stay healthy. They've got to stay fit. And like in all teams at the moment, you lose one or two players in key positions and it can all unravel pretty quickly. And, um, you know, the Bronx are in, you know, you know, whilst they can cover those positions, you know, you lose a Walsh Walsher and Adam Reynolds, um, you know, the, the team looks a hell of a lot different. So, mm. um, but mate, if they, they stay healthy, um, they keep playing the way they are. Um, you know, those guys are all another year older. They've got more experience playing origin footy and big game footy. You know, I get the feeling that, yeah, mate, you know, they lose Flegler and um, Herbie Farmworth next year. It's almost like, it, well, you know, they're two huge players that you sort of just can't replace like that. So, mate, you know, it's now, not, I'm not going to say it's now inevitable for them, but they're not going to be in a better position than what they are now to win a competition. And, you know, if it presents itself, I, I really hope they take it because, you know, it'd be wonderful to see them at the top again.
2: Uh, Brent Tate, my guest uh, this morning, talking all things rugby league. Just a quick uh, answer for the quiz, a rugby league answer for the quiz. St George Dragons. Mark that down. I'll be asking you questions after 11 o'clock today. One of the answers will be the St George Dragons. Uh, Tatey, a text has come through saying, uh, can you please ask Brent if his neck brace is in the Rugby League Hall of Fame asking for a friend, uh, Scott Sattler. <laughs> do we know Scott, do we? <laughs> Very good morning to you, Scott. Sats. Thanks for listening.
5: <laughs> yeah, mate. Well, I'm sure he doesn't do anything during these days, texting in the bloody hotline all the time. But, um, <laughs> mate, the answer is no. The neck brace is at home. Um under the house in in storage, mate. But I'd be more than happy to donate it if, uh, if the question ever came to the Rugby League Hall of Fame.
2: Let's let's dig dive. Uh, let's d- dig dive. Let, let's dive and dig into some serious issues in rugby league. Tady and I started the top of this hour saying that, blokes, we need to have a serious talk about our undercarriage. Let's get into the nuts and the bolts of it because there were accusations in the AFL over the weekend of Miller uh, grabbing Dane Zorko by the orchestras. Um, I need to find out the mentality behind this, Tati, because I've played rugby league, not, not, not at the elite level, of course, but I've never, ever thought to grab someone there. One, have you been... Squirrel grips. And two, has it ever crossed your mind to do it back?
5: <laughs> yeah, look, Benny, I've I've had someone grab me on the on the yep. on the balls before, but they've let go pretty quickly and, and, and I've had a couple of handfuls of and over my time as well where I've um accidentally grabbed a set um a couple of times but accidentally know, my thought process accidentally and when I've grabbed them I thought oh dear, best let go of these pretty quickly because, Yeah. Um,
6: because it's not a nice feeling,
5: mate. I, yeah, I think you're deeply disturbed if you're uh, grabbing someone by the, by the nuts and bolts and giving them a squeeze, mate. I reckon you need uh, you need some time on the sideline if that's the case because that's uh, it's not a good thing to be doing.
2: Gouging, biting, we know they're some of the worst. Where, where does that rate? Oh, I think it's right up there, mate.
5: Jeez. Like, as a bloke, you don't want anyone squeezing. No, it's the nuts. It's,
2: it's not a nice.
5: Feeling.
6: I just don't get that at all. Actually, if you actually go
5: out there to grab someone, oh, I haven't yeah. seen the incident. Is it?
2: Is it? No, is and, it, and look, it's it, it's an allegation at this stage, and 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 the it's it's he said he said. So we, you know, and we'll let the officials if they decide to go on that track, and if there's a complaint made, they'll they'll sort it all out. But it it just raises the question. Hang on, what?
5: Yeah, it's a strange one, mate. Oh, look, we've all we've all ended up with our hands there at some stage, but you let go of them pretty
2: quickly once you realise what you what you got. For, speak for yourself. We've all had our hands there. Anyway, um, Brent, before we let you go too, um, one other thing that we are talking about this morning, and, and again, I, I want to get a professional's uh, take on this. Uh, Stuart Broad in the ashes, flipping the bales. I don't know if you're across this, but it's something that he did yeah. In, yeah, in the last and And the very next ball that he bowls gets a wicket. Flipping, so it's superstition. Are they a myth in sport or are they something you subscribe to? Do you have one? What's the best you've seen or heard? Or superstitions? Um,
5: yeah, look, it's a weird one, isn't it? I, I think if you believe in it, obviously, then you know, it becomes something. So um, I do remember um, playing with Grant valley He used to rub, um, he, he used to play halfback at the Warriors, actually. Yeah. Um, and he used to rub um, tiger balm, which, like, I didn't, never thought tiger balm went out fifty years ago. But oh, mate, he used great, to hang rub on, uh, Taddy,
2: I'm going to stop you there. Tiger balm is the greatest invention since bacon. Tiger balm <laughs> oh, it cures everything. You have a headache, you <laughs> rub tiger balm on your your temples and the back of your neck, and bang, within five minutes gone. I, I'm I'm oh. the biggest believer in tiger balm going around. But anyway, we move on. <laughs> Well, I thought it
5: went out ago. in World War Two, but anyway, <laughs> it's
2: clearly still
5: here. And um, Grant Rivelli used to rub it on his shoulders and I used to laugh because I never saw Grant Rivelli make one tackle with his shoulders <laughs> in his whole career. So that was a, a bit of a running joke at the Warriors. But um yeah, that's probably the weirdest one I've ever seen. The old tiger balm on the shoulders. So uh, yeah. It's mate.
2: gotta be it's gotta be the white tiger balm though, when you rub it on your head, because they've got the red one. That that's for your that's for your joints. That's for your you getting into that, yeah. But the white tiger balm, that's the good gear. Get around it. I'll do tell your, you what, do man. yourself a fan. You, you don't wanna
5: you don't wanna you rub your shoulders and then give the give the undercarriage an ups and bolts a scratch and then you'd be really screwing on. On that
2: note, Brent, we will leave you <laughs> leave you to it. Tiger Balm <laughs> Tiger and, and all. Uh, Brent Tate in Townsville, having a look at the Broncos and Cowboys and everything else under the hood and under the under garage. We are, oh, we're getting ourselves in some serious trouble here. 24 minutes away from 11. Uh, Vanessa's got the news. Quick, help us out.
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55. This is Mornings with
2: Ben Davis.
0: You can't touch this.
7: You can't touch this.
2: Yeah, very true. You can't. How. Chat about nuts and bolts and what you can and can't touch on the sporting field has touched a few too many people in few too many places. 13-13-55. That's the number you need now. Oh, wow, Sam, I see what you've done there. Because the get-in question for the quiz, and you'll need this number now, oh, you'll need the answer to this now when you ring 13-13-55, is... Who won the Marcus Ashcroft medal for the best player on ground in the weekend's Q Clash? That's the first question. Get us off and running. Remember, the first five callers through. Do get a double chance for the quiz. We've got Titans tickets to give away. Titans Warriors, it's the only game in Southeast Queensland this weekend and you will be going there on us. Are You uh quiz whiz. 13-13-55. Who won the Marcus Ashcroft medal? Q Clash on the weekend. We've been talking about him uh, over the last hour or so. Andy Bickle, too, on the other side of this. 11 o'clock Tuesday morning here on SENQ.
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 1313 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. I went straight up to Kumar, So How old is this ball he's given him? Because it feels like it's about eight overs old. <laughs> you can see the riding on both sides, and when it hit my bat, I and mean, I've opened the innings every single innings this Ashes series, and I haven't felt a ball hit my bat as hard as that ball felt when
3: I hit my bat. When you look at how it's behaved, it's one thing, but also the conditions have helped,
2: but it's been very hard to bat on here this morning.
4: The biggest concern I have is just the big discrepancy in the condition of the ball that was chosen to replace the them. Well, there's, there's no way in the world you can even look at those two balls there and say in any way are they comparable. What I saw last night with that ball there that's on the left of screen I'll put my hand up and say that I've got absolutely no doubt at all that ball would not have done anywhere near as much as what that one did this morning. I think it's a huge blunder that, as I said, needs to be investigated.
5: There's got to be an investigation into this. this
2: has got to be, someone's got to be accountable for this. Yeah, spot on, Toves. Mission impossible, was it, for the Australians after that new old rock was given to the English bowlers ahead of day five. 13, 13.55. Um, Andy Bickle uh, in the, the next 10, 15 minutes, just to get a bowler's perspective on this as well, but I'd love to take yours. Uh, I'm just listening to Vanessa G. Before we get into the quiz too, so, yeah, the quiz is up and running. Uh, 13 13 who won the Marcus astros medal for the best player on ground in the Q Clash on the weekend? Doubles to give away to the Titans and the Warriors. The only game in town this weekend uh, when it comes to, actually, what's well, everyone? everyone's away. Lions are in Perth. Uh, the Broncos are in Townsville. The Dolphins are in Perth. So, yeah, the Titans are the only team in town. 13-13-55. Jump on now. Get yourself in the queue for the quiz. But I just need to question something out of the news that Vanessa had or what she didn't have. The news we've seen this morning is that the Meyer Centre is no longer called the Meyer Centre because Meyer's bugged out. The Meyer Centre from here on in is now to be known as Uptown. What? Uptown? Wow. Yeah, Uptown. Really? We're not going to meet you. I'm just going to meet you Uptown. They thought long and hard about this, didn't they? Doesn't really sit too well with the Brisbane feel. Uptown, it sounds very American, doesn't it? Uptown for the Meyer Centre. Well, it just always be the Meyer Centre for you. Uh, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. But we need to do this. <laughs>
0: 10 questions. One winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now, here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber. Benny
2: Davis. <laughs> cheap indeed. 13-13.55. Jump on the line now. Can you be our Quiz Whiz for the first day of August 2023? The get-in question you need. Who won the Marcus Ashcroft medal for the best player on ground between the Q, between the Q Clash? For the Q Clash between the Lions and Suns of the weekend. Mentioning his name a fair bit uh this morning too. uh to kick us off and to get underway and you know how this works you just keep answering questions if you are the last person standing when it comes to our 10th question the prize is all yours 13 13 55 let's go to line number one john was quick off the mark morning mate morning ben
0: how are you
2: very well where are you calling in from this morning from Burpengary. Oh, Burpengary! What? What? What's What's a Tuesday look like at Burpengary for you on this first day of August?
6: Quite, quite warm this morning,
2: mate. It is. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the the, the forecast. they saying it's 24 degrees right now. Possible showers later today. All right. Let's get this underway. Uh, Mark Sashcroft Medal. Who won it on the weekend between the Lions and Suns? Tuke Miller. Yes, he did, Uh, Tuke Miller, and there's been plenty said after that about him as well from his old mate, Dane Zorko. Uh, All right, Uh, question number two. David Warner and Stuart Broad, one of the great Ashes rivalries. How many times has David Warner been dismissed by Stuart Broad in Test Cricket?
1: Oh, do I get a clue?
2: Well, it was one of the answers I gave... Oh, actually, I can't say that, but it was one of the answers I gave away earlier. That's that's what I've got. Hmm.
1: Uh,
2: 17. Oh, I <laughs> see. Well done. You're, you're writing them down at home, and I love that. I should have... I should have kept my mouth shut and let someone else have a go. But anyway, here we go. Uh, on Friday... The Broncos celebrated their nineteen ninety-three grand final. So what was that? That's 30 years. They celebrated the 30th anniversary of that. Who did they beat to win the premiership in nineteen ninety-three? St. George. St. George it was. I'm pretty sure G Tallis was part of that St. George team coming off the bench. 93. He Actually, was. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 going to try and catch up with one of the boys tomorrow uh, on the show, just about that and also their thoughts on the current day Broncos. But that'll be good to see what those celebrations were like. Uh, question number four: Were what you watching? Hey, how did you can watch? I, how, I give you, yeah, sorry, go go, John.
0: Sorry, can I give you a quick story, Ben? Go.
2: Uh,
1: Mal Meninga on SEN last week was asked about that, and he said Kevi and Alfie would always give it to Mark Coyne in Origin camp and telling that uh, this is the way we walk around the SFS and do our victory lap corny you're not familiar with that but this is the way we do
2: it so. <laughs> nice the big man uh kevin uh, and can you imagine those two at lunch on a friday kevin and alf together they just oh, would have wow. been yeah exactly Oh, and coming off a win against the roosters too at <laughs> the gabba so they would have been in exactly. fine fine form how uh, these are one of the questions i've been asking today too how did you how did you navigate last night how was your setup? Watching the Matildas, watching the Ashes. How was it at your place? Did you have a couple of screens very, going?
6: Very tricky. No, uh, the the back button copped off. Uh, uh, was under all sorts of pressure.
2: Yeah, yeah. And did you miss any goals? Did you miss any wickets?
1: I did. Yeah. I Plenty of both, actually. Okay. Yeah, sort of seem to flick at the wrong time.
2: Well, this may not augur well for the next question. And if you've got a setup when you've got conflicting sport on, I want to hear about it. Let's help each other out. What's the best way to do it? Big screens, side-by-side. Side. Is it computers, laptops, uh, iPads, iPhones? Big screens. Let me know the combination. Uh, John, question four. Which Matilda star scored a double in the first half over Canada last night in Melbourne? Was it Catley? No, it was not the stand-in skipper. Oh, sadly, John, no. A Queensland, oh, actually, I probably shouldn't have said that. 13-13-55. Uh, uh, I uh, oh, no, can't give a text because we're doing the quiz, aren't we? Um, oh, no. All the callers just dropped off. Oh, no. Hang on. No, 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 no. Something's going on with the phones. They're all there, banked up, ready to go. We'll have to get, oh, if you were hanging on, dial back now. 13, 13.55. Or is that a problem our end? Oh, tap dancing through this. Um, As we get those callers back up and running, hey, we are doing it today. All thanks to Mac as proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport uh, here in Queensland. As I said, Andy Andy Bickles at the grassroots as well. Um, We'll be talking to him about Ashes very shortly. Uh, Let me see if we've got these callers coming through as they get back on the board. um, I will read out the statement from Peter Boll. I've been promising uh, this for you too. He he went to social media and quite rightly expressed his, um, well, I guess his exuberation for being exonerated. This is what he said on Instagram. Uh, Good morning, Australia. I have been exonerated. It was a false positive Like I have said all along, the news from Sport Integrity Australia today was a dream come true. I'm glad that WADA has agreed to review the EPO testing process to prevent future false positives. No one should ever experience what I've gone through this year. My focus is now on the World Athletics Championships coming up in Hungary. I'm in good form and feeling well. I appreciate all the support I have received. Peter Bowles So yes, false positive has always maintained his innocence when it's come to the doping allegations uh, When it uh, with his uh, well first positive test that came through, but he said false positive. So Sport Integrity Australia, they doubled down on this. They said they were going to continue, but have now agreed uh, that it was all wrong and has been exonerated. Uh, all right, these callers are coming back. Uh, thank you, crew. Apologies for that. Don't know what happened. Maybe it wasn't us paying our phone bills. Brad, good morning to you. There yeah, you go, mate. Oh man. Um, good, good. Thank you for uh, thank you for being there. Um, we're up to question no we're up to question four. The Matildas last night, which Queenslander scored a first half double against Canada? Uh
6: yeah, mate, is it is it
2: was it Ras, Rasu or Rasu? Rasso or uh, yeah. yeah. Rasso? Rasso, yeah. Haley Rasso, yeah. He used to play for the Brisbane Raw. She's now over at um, Was it Arsenal? No, 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 no. Real Madrid she's just signed with. So killing it on the world (laughs) stage. Exactly. All right. Question number five, Brad. Here we go. The Gold Coast Titans. When did they last play in the finals? Oh, Titans.
6: 2019? 2019?
2: Not 2019. No, no, no. But Brad, you know what? Because of our phone situation, and I reckon you might have been in the queue, you get a second chance. I'll get you to call back in uh, if the next caller doesn't, or well, the next few callers don't make it through, but you do have a second chance. That's the beauty of this. Your first four, five callers through, if you do bomb out like Brad has just done, it was a good, good shot though, um, you do get a second chance to call in. All right, let's pick it up. Um, uh, Lucas, morning to you. Where are you calling in from today? Hi, uh, from Gilberton. G- Gilberton? Whereabouts is Gilberton? Yeah. Um, Ed, not many people have heard of it, but
6: it's near Stapleton, the the cane fields are near Jacobs Well, in oh, between yeah, yeah. Well, well.
2: Nice, nice one, Gilberton. Okay, there we go. I was thinking, I've I've lived here all my life, and I'm trying to think of where Gilberton is. But you know what? People listening on the apps, they're listening on the World Wide Web. They could have been calling in from anywhere, any part of the country, any <laughs> part of the world. Yeah,
7: no, it's. It, it's funny because the
6: um, population of Gilberton is only 24, yet we're only like 10 minutes from the M1, in, like near Yatla.
2: Jeez, what? <laughs> it's, yeah. all,
6: it's all Cainfield, yeah. The po- 24.
2: <laughs> so did, did you get together? to you have a community? I mean, it would be just a barbecue on the weekends. Everyone's invited, right? <laughs> is, is everyone close? Yeah, no.
6: Yeah, Oh, no, not very close. Cool. It's all
3: Cainfield. Just, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's let's get, get stuck into this quiz. Um, the Titans, uh, when did they last play finals? Um, was it 2010? No, it was not oh. 2010. No, I know. this. I reckon this one's a trick question. Uh, well, it's tricked a few people along the way. Uh, but Lucas out of Gilberton, again, first five callers through. Do uh, you qualify for that? Give us a shout back. Let me see. Where are we going to? Um, well, Brad's jumped back on the line from Capera. There we go. G'day, Brad. Hello again. Are you going to give it a second shot at yeah. this question? Yeah. Do we know? Yeah, we'll have another go. But... Ha- have, have another crack. Uh...
6: Yeah,
7: let's,
2: uh, oh, you couldn't be. Oh, I know time goes quick, but let's have a crack at 2017. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. No, it wasn't 2017. He's burned his double chance, Brad. But don't worry, I, oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know, and I had to, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's head to, oh, I, I call it the inner city peninsula. Hawthorne. Scotty, hello. G'day, mate. Uh, Titans, any idea when they last played finals? i have
4: got
2: to be 2021. Yes, indeed. It was a lot closer than we thought. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Off and running. You know what? Get Bon Jovi sounding because we're halfway there in the quiz. All right. Question number six. St. Peter's teenager, Brisbane girl, Queenslander, Molly O'Callaghan. Molly O, she became the first woman to do what at a World Swimming Championships over the weekend. Oh, gee. Mm. Um,
6: like
1: I know, um, I know, but it, it, uh,
2: it and it's made world, it's made world headlines. Oh no!
6: Um,
1: oh, did see the long-standing record?
2: Yes, that was one of them, but there was something else that, so yeah, she she did beat the world longest standing record in swimming, but that's not the answer I was looking for. Scotty, Um, actually, one, two, three, four, yeah, well, he does get a double chance, so if you do want to ring back in, I reckon uh, that would be the last of our double chances. Um, Let's head out to the cane fields again. Lucas, here we go, rocking hey. and rolling. Mate, Swimming. I know this is kind of flowing under the radar a bit, and it shouldn't. It's why we want to highlight it today. Molly O, she's going to be a superstar when it comes to Paris. She's 19 years of age. She swims under Dean Boxall at St. Peter's alongside Ariane Titmus. She became the first yeah. woman to do what at the World Swimming Championships? Uh, did she win five gold medals? She did do that, but that's not the answer. Uh, and she
6: broke the 200 meter. Uh, she did she, world record, she did the do, she, standing record. She
2: did do that, but it's not the answer I'm looking for. There, there was one thing that no one has ever done before, um, as a female um, at the world championships. Oh, we probably should have put yeah, this as question nah. ten. You know, yeah,
6: yeah. No, I knew that she won five gold and won that long-standing world record in the two hundred meter free, but. Uh, yeah. Or maybe she beat
2: her in a Titmuss in the... No, no. No, she did No, I don't she know. That. Yeah. You don't know. All right, Lucas, mate, well done. You've had a good crack. I'm looking at the time. Andy Bickle standing by. How are we going to do this? Do we take, do we take a break? Do we take a break? We take a break. Um, I thought these questions might have been easier. All right. We will come back to the quiz. We'll take a break, only because we're contractually obliged to, and we'll get back to your calls, because I reckon there'll be a few people looking this up now. Is that against the rules? Well, says so going to an ad break in the middle of it. Thirteen thirteen fifty-five. your chance to be the quiz whiz, Molly O'Callaghan. She became the first woman to do what at the World Swimming Championships over the weekend?
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13, 13 55 This is Mornings with Ben Davies.
2: This is harder than it looks The quiz. We all, we all thought this morning this would be easy, but there's got to be an investigation into this tubes, isn't that right? We'll get a we'll make it a little bit easier. All right. Oh my God, where are we up to? All right, Jason's out at Albany Creek. Jason and Des Joe. Uh, well, stand by because we could go anywhere here. Um, Jason, good morning to you. Question number six morning. of our never-ending quiz. Molly O'Callaghan, good golly, Miss Molly. She became the first woman to do what at the World Swimming Championships over the weekend?
7: The 50, 100
2: and 200 metres freestyle. Whoa, oh, hang on. Sam's got the 50. No, it's the 100 200 double. But anyway, look, we'll take it. Wow. We'll take it and move on because Jason, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, The 100 200 double. All right, you just added the 50. Oh, no, she didn't win the I'm pretty sure she didn't win the 50. No, anyway, that's all right because we don't need to get on. All right, let's go. Uh, Lance Franklin. Take it up with the, Take it up with the adjudicator, which is me and apparently Sam. Buddy Franklin announced his retirement yesterday. Which club did he play more games for? Sydney? or Hawthorne? hmm mm. Um Mmm. 50-50.
7: 15 years. I think he played a bit more than that. Is it 10, so I'm going to say Sydney.
2: Jay, so I know you had a, you had a 50-50 chance. Uh, let's go to Paul out at Griffin. Hello, Paul. I think the answer just may have been given to you.
7: <laughs> yes, uh, Hawthorne. yeah. <laughs>
2: But, you know, it was it was close. 182 plays 172. So it was only 10 the difference. But Hawthorne, yes, a hawk, through and through. Question number eight. Spoken about this today too. Melbourne Storm, the trophies came under scrutiny over the weekend because they paraded all of the Premiership trophies they have won, even the two taken off them. What years were they stripped of those Premiership wins? Uh, 2008. And no. No, no, bugger. yes, bugger indeed, Paul. Uh, uh, is it is it now? Let me can it this way. Is it Shriff? No, it's Chris. Like oh, Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to get to the Hoff, who's who's put an F on the end of your name instead of S. Chris, good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm looking at the spelling. I've gone struth. Chris, all right. Tell me, uh, Storm. Premiership stripped. What years?
1: Oh, how about
2: two thousand and seven and two thousand and nine. How about indeed? Exactly. I reckon Paul will be kicking himself. He was smack bang in the middle in two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah. So and, seven and yeah. didn't
5: even race the fifty
2: either. No, exactly right. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was so the one hundred. But he said 100, 200 double. So we needed to move on because it's now twenty seven minutes into yeah. this. Into this. Never-ending quiz. Good God. Hey, we're at question nine. How good is this, Chris? You could fly through this. The penultimate question. How's your basketball knowledge? Because the Boomers are currently in training for the World Cup later this month. Yeah, August. truth. Uh, An historic tournament back in 2021 for the Tokyo Olympics. So that was two years ago. What did they win at the Tokyo Olympics? What medal did they win at the Tokyo Olympics? Bronze. Yes, there we go. I probably should have put that one down a bit lower in the order. But there we go. Question number (laughs) 10, Chris. Here we go. Des is standing by. He's on the sunny coast. You're at Arundel. So we've got the coastal feud going here. He is death-riding you because he could just come in and swoop the lot here. Question 10, Chris. No pressure. Who captained the Australian cricket team when they last won a test series in England 22 years ago?
3: All right. That's going to be 2001. Mm. So I'm thinking that
1: was the back end of Ricky Ponting just before Michael Clark.
2: Yeah, Ricky Ponting. Chris, no, 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 no. It was, well, it was the one before. Was it the one before Punter? Yeah. Well, the one before Punter. I've just maybe given the answer away. It's truth, Chris, it was a really good guess and I love the way you went through that. Des, good morning to you. How is the sunny coast? Is it living up to its name today?
6: Well, I absolutely is. It's just a, a picture of perfection up here, mate.
2: Oh, outstanding stuff. God's country indeed. Des, no pressure. You've come in right at the end. The last man standing. Who captained Australia? Test cricket. 2001, the last time we won a Test series, i.e. Ashes in England.
6: Yeah, look, I'm... Um, I'm not real certain about this at all. Um, I think before ponting was uh, uh, Steve Waugh.
2: 2001. And remember, he did his calf as well, and he came out to bat. He did a Nathan Lyon, or did Nathan Lyon do a Steve Waugh. Des, outstanding stuff. Timing is everything in life, and you have absolutely nailed it. One from one, and you are off to the Titans and Warriors this weekend. Don't miss it. Six o'clock. Well, you won't, because you're going. It's Friday night at Seabus Stadium. Uh, Des, thank you for being part of the show. Thank you for getting that never-ending quiz away and running. Oh dear, we will look at those questions. Des, I'm going to put you back to the hoff. He's going to uh, take your details. Um, Chris, thank you. And everyone else who jumped in too for that. Oh, 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 What I'm going to do now, Andy Bickle, standing by very patiently. I reckon he would have got all 10 questions right, Bick the Quick. Because uh, we're going to get his take on the ashes. We're going to get his take on what the hell was going on with those balls and, and how much of a difference it really made. I reckon it's big. But there again, i never played Test Match Cricket for Australia like he did. But before we do that, Vanessa with the news headlines. Come on, that's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. this got be Someone's got to be accountable for this. Toobs, you're exactly right. Who is accountable for this? Well, surely it's the umpires, right? They're standing there with a box of balls and they just needed to replace one that looked like the other. God, I feel like was it was a play school. Or was that Sesame Street? One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. how the ball they ended up using after the one that hit Usman Khawaja in the head need to be replaced because it had whacked out of shape and they give them a ball that looked, what, eight overs old and still had riding on both sides? But is that just sour grapes from an Aussie who didn't experience a test win last night or is there something in it? <laughs> Andy Bickle, a man who's been there and done it before on, what, 19 occasions for Australia in Test Match cricket. I reckon he would know. Bick, good morning to you. Oh, mate,
7: I watched 57 Test Matches as well pretty closely. So, um,
2: yeah. Um,
7: um, Oh, mate, you know, I mean, like, there's an art to this, you know. You know, being a bowler, you know, as soon as it stops swinging or whatever, you go to the umpire all the time and go, mate, it's not doing anything. Can you change it? Yeah. there's an art to this. And the more times you complain, you know, every, every now and then you, you win out. I remember Warney changed it on me in a in a test match in Perth. And I was swinging it nicely up into the breeze. And, uh, anyway, Warney changed it while I was down, down at Fire league getting a drink. And, um, I reckon they gave us a 70 over over ball. It was, we had about a 40 over ball and he changed it. And, um, anyway, I didn't swing after that and hence Brian Lara going on to get another 100. But, uh, you know, it's a bit of a luck of the draw, mate, when you change the ball and, um, you don't know what you're going to get, but, you know, let's face it, it's got to be close. And this is the part of the game that's changed. It's like the, like the bad light, right? You know, so you get bad light. Now it's in the umpire's hands. The umpires yeah. make the decision to say, we're going to go off the field. Years ago, they would say, hey, mate, do you want to stay in here and get hit in the head or do you want to go off? But what, what are the batsmen going to say? I oh, will go off, you know, or vice versa. They got a chance of winning the game or setting the game up. They'll say, we'll take the risk and try and stay out there. It's exactly the same for a ball. Years ago, they would actually go to the two batsmen. Is that close or is that close? Is that happy? you happy with that? And then, therefore, they would go on from there. You know, whether they're trying to take time out of the game, but obviously last night, common sense wasn't there because it looked nothing like the ball that they were, they were using and nothing was happening with that ball. And then as soon as they changed it, look, some moisture came in the air. They had the rain around, the moisture in the air. And you can get that in English conditions. The next day, it swung around. It it did everything. So, look, we did well to get close, I reckon, uh, with the way that ball was moving around early in the morning. So, uh, you know, it was a good run, Chase. But in the end, England was just too good.
2: Fantastic uh, series. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But can you take us through the process? I mean, how does it work? You're still part of the Queensland setup. You see it in domestic cricket. Is the same process at at first class level as in test level, like with the amount of balls they have to choose from and, and how do they, how do they keep them? How do they select them? Is it, is there a process? Is there, are there rules and regulations around it? Can you, can you shine some light on that? Well the well the the main thing is is what they try and do is get some balls
7: that have been used in, in conditions um in similar conditions. So therefore they might even write on there with a with a, a small a marker pen, you know, that this ball is forty two overs old or yeah. or whatever and put back in a box and then they present this box, you know, the third or fourth umpire or the fourth umpire or the third umpire will present that box to the on field umpires and say, Yes, we have a problem with the ball, bring out those spare balls. And therefore, it's as simple as choosing one that looks the same as the other one. You don't try and go for something that's, you know... Because, yes, the the surface, no doubt, would have got rougher and roughed up the ball, yes. So, therefore, you know, it's 40 overs old or whatever. But that 40-over ball could have been used in Manchester last week where the outfield was green and what have you, you know, so... It's sometimes it's it's what it looks like and the conditions that you're playing on and maybe that's where they've got it a little bit wrong. Oh, so maybe me, there was the same amount of overs in the ball, but um, therefore yeah. it was just a little
2: bit newer. So, so there's not a ball, there's not a box of balls at each ground. What they take balls with them from the the, the series is that they different? they will
7: take them around, yeah, because they're yeah. test cricket balls and they you know they're produced only for test cricket, you know, um, oh, right, so that, which is quite interesting where somewhere like, you know, the Kookaburra ball in Australia where it's very generic, you might just you know, have the ones in Brisbane or whatever, but I'd imagine, um, you know, the, uh, the spare balls will be just those, those hand-selected juke balls that, that, um, that they would take around from the series. So maybe there, that's the, you know, from going from one end of the country to the other mm. might have cost us in the end.
2: Well, there we go, Andy Bickle, uh, shining the light, giving us a fascinating insight in, into well, not Sandpaper Gate, forget that. This is what New Ball Gate, New Old Ball Gate, uh, Red Rock Gate, whatever it <laughs> may be. It's and, and- mate, and, and, and I'm telling you, it's a game you've got to play at the
7: umpire. You know, actually yeah. got to get into the the annoying point where he goes, righto, mate, we'll change it. You know, and then you go, oh, I hope they give us a good one. And this is the case. They, England won the won the raffle. They they got a good ball in return. So and, um, fair play to them. Yeah.
5: yeah,
2: and and I take what Ricky Ponting was saying. With I mean, obviously we know what Ricky's done in the game, but he was watching from the commentary box and like us watching at home. And, and he had his say. We all saw how different it was. Yep. But when Uzi comes out and says, "I've opened every time in this series," and what this ball was doing compared to everything else, it was it was chalk and cheese. So there's a bit of credence in that, mate on the series um did we get what we deserved from a fans point of view and this australian team's point of view
7: look what, a, what an amazing series that's all i could say and um you know it's just a pity that the time difference and you couldn't sit up and watch this enthralling uh, this enthralling cricket that was going on every game every hour every every session there was something happening with the game and you know I, yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for the Aussie bowlers. Uh, you know, like yes, they knew they were going into a bit of a storm, but mm. Jesus, they they absolutely copped it. You know, And you know, Josh Hazelwood, I think he bowled five maidens for the for the for the whole for the whole tournament. You know, five or six maidens. Um, you know, Pat Cummins the same. They bowled eight maidens. You know, they've, they've they've built themselves up on this on playing in Australia and keeping the game tight, keeping the scoreboard going nowhere. And fair play to, to Baz, Baz, and, Baz Ball or Stokesy Ball, whatever you want to call it. Mm. You know, they've, they've come out and attacked our bowlers and um, and really put them under pressure. You know, there was England in the series had bowled 178 maidens and Australia bowled 34. So there's the difference in baseball. And all it is is putting pressure back on the bowler. That's exactly what it is. And they did it to the nth degree. Look, Australia played the old way, traditional wait till it wait till they get a loose ball and whack it and and um maybe just maybe um australia might have to start to bring a bit of this sort of stuff into the into their game um to put that pressure back on the bowlers but it's going to take a little little period for for this to happen you know um someone like david warner you might say has been playing that in his career all the way through and you know you're going to have the good days and the bad days when Davey comes out and blasts 100 in a session and everyone goes, oh, that was awesome, you know, and a bit like Adam Gilchrist. So, you know, you sort of start to think about the game in a way and how how it looks for Australia, but what an outstanding series. It was just awesome to watch and, um, and sit back and enthrall. England, they're absolutely going mad in the streets over there. They haven't seen anything like this for a long, long time. So the support of cricket over there, which is great because we know we've got a strong India. They love, you know... The, the, the Indian fans are huge for our game and do so much but when you've got a strong England as well, which is is what the game needs and to keep looking after our game so it Test cricket, live and well, you must
2: yeah. have to say. Yeah, Vic, you, you heard the crowd when uh, that final wicket was taken by Stuart Broad. And it, it could have been a you know, a Wembley final. That, and you go, that was a cricket crowd. It was so loud. And they've been like that through the entire series. I think it's magnificent for test cricket, what England are doing, whether other countries, whether Australia need to replicate it. But, but the one thing from a bowling point of view, how to combat baseball. I don't know if we did that right. I I saw what happened when we pitched them up and put them on line and length and, and we actually had some success in this final test we actually knocked them over uh sh- did we Yeah look did this, we get it wrong
7: you, Yeah you did you're dead. You're, right. you're spot on there you know in in a way look, batsmen still get out the same way they normally get out yeah. you know and if that Zach Corley nicking off to second slip that's how he gets out or if it's one running back in to to knock over you know uh, uh Ben Duckett you know uh it, it, that's still the way you get out. That's their fault. In the meantime, they're trying to put the pressure back onto you. So it's up to you to, to, to come away with that. And at times, I felt, when there's was a new batsman to the crease, you are vulnerable in the first 10 to 15 balls you face. That potentially, why don't we have a few slips there and go back to the normal part again of cricket? And we yeah. didn't do that. We kept that um, short pitch bowling, which, which, you know, admittedly, because England were trying to score so quickly... They got their totals in a short space of time, so we didn't really have to go into that that ugly zone when you're over into hundred and hundred and ten overs in a, in, a, in an innings. You know, we're, we're only I think we're about 80, 80 and ninety overs this is about the most we ever bowled in yeah. one innings to to England because um, they were coming at us so hard and, and 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 that sort of stuff. But still, there was some moments I felt that potentially our our, our decision making. Um, and that, whether that was Patty or whether it was a team team in team um, culture to actually g- stick to that plan, um, I felt we could have changed it up at certain times and, and, and just yeah just read 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 the game a little bit better um, instead of just going on that defensive side of things and letting the batsmen dictate terms.
2: What One final one, Bick, and I reckon you are the perfect man to answer this uh, and to see what you see on a daily, weekly basis with the Queensland Bulls, with domestic cricket, with first-class cricket, with shield cricket. David Warner, as we know, is going to hang them up in his terms after the SCG test, the New Year's test. Who is and who should be the next opener for Australia alongside Aussie? Oh,
7: look... I think he's little brother, and his little brother is Matthew Renshaw. Um, and uh, you know, it'll be. I think it's just a turf perfect. They they hang out together, um, and Uz is going to be around for a little bit longer. And I think it's just a great time for him just to mentor um, Matt Renshaw at the other end, and 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 give him a few games, give him a go. He's such a brilliant player. He's a big man. He reminds me. Of, a lot of Matthew Hayden. And if someone reminds you of Matthew Hayden, I think you should probably give him a go. Um, and uh, I think we've just got a, a beautiful mix there. They, you know, he has been mentoring Matt Renshaw for quite a while now. They hang out together. They play a lot of tennis and golf together. and Their families hang out all the time. And I think if there's anyone can nurture someone through, you know, a, a rebirth of test cricket as well. Let's, go, let's face it, Matty's got a pretty good record. <laughs> it's just test cricket yeah. level. Um, could he went over and handled the Ashes? I'm not sure. Maybe we should have put a bit more energy into him before he went over. And um, and he did that. He went to New Zealand just before the Ashes, and he got hundreds over in New Zealand in an Australia A game. So he's doing all the right things. He's got some good runs for us last year. So um, for me, the runs on the board for Matty, yes, you know, he's just had a, a young, baby, young, young baby and... Um, He's growing up very quickly, so it's a good sign for Australian cricket. If, if, you know, he is so talented. He's, he's, probably, he's probably our most talented batsman in our squad. So um, he's just arrived back in Brisbane a couple of days. He had a bat here yesterday at the Oval, and um, he was out running around the track here before. So um, he's really keen to get into it. We have got some Australia A matches coming up against New Zealand, so which will be really good and timely for that next next person. Can Davy Warner get through the end of the summer? Oh, I don't think so. Look, if you're going to have a, re- have a retirement, it's still abroad. didn't he do it beautifully? His last shot in first-class cricket was a six, and, and, he, and he got the winning wicket in his last test match. So a nice way for him to go out and what he's done in the game. But, um, you know, we're going to have to blood someone pretty quickly, I reckon, and, um, and get them in, into this summer. So maybe um, Davy doesn't get that song-song song, in, in Sydney at the SCG.
2: Bick, it is always a pleasure, mate, picking your brain, having a chat. One of the all-time greats, as far as Queensland's concerned, should have played a hell of a lot more cricket for this country than he did and one of the all-time nice bikes. You continue on at AB Field, mate. Talk to you as the uh, summer approaches. Cheers, Benny. Take care, mate. There we go. Andy Bickle. I reckon he makes a really good point. Does Davey Warner see the start of the summer if he's not going to be there for the entire summer? He is going to be there for the entire Pakistan series on his timeline. But does George Bailey and Tony Donomade, the selectors, have to pull the trigger early? Do we just start afresh this summer? Because remember what's happening in between. There's a one-day World Cup where David Warner, well, he's going to be part of that, isn't he? So do we leave that as his swan song? It's a World Cup one in India one day. huh? 13 467 736 736. Doing it today, all thanks to Macca's proud sponsors, the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland.
0: Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call thirteen thirteen fifty five. 55 This is Mornings with Ben Davis.
2: Oh, he's going to be all right. Mike, thank you for your text. I think Baz is safe, even though he didn't win the series. If not, I'm willing to apply for his job. Oh, I'm pretty good at slouching around. References from my mates available on request. And I don't mind if a player wakes me every so often for a chat and a laugh. Broken sleep doesn't worry me. Available sucks weeks. Notice, Mike. Thank you for that text. What a great way to end. Uh, thank you for an enjoyable three hours. I know it feels like six o'clock in dinner time considering we've been up all night watching the cricket. We'll unplug the IV caffeine that's been in our veins for the last three hours. So, uh, Thank you for getting us through it. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we will be talking test cricket in this city and how we might not have it for a decade. Really? Tomorrow from nine. Catch you then.